Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. series and the season we've been in is actually coming to a close. We, we do this every year called 21 Days of Prayer and that finalized yesterday. Today is day 22. Did anybody get anything out of the 21 Days of Prayer? Appreciate having an opportunity to re- get that habit of prayer back in your life. Well, tonight uh, we're going to continue that. Day 22, we always come together and we pray together on a Sunday evening. So tonight we'll be here from 6 to 7. We'd love to have you back. The band will be back and we'll be having a good time. But, but that season just ended, but our series is still continuing. And this series is called The Book of Prayers. And uh, we're going to continue talking about that um, today with the idea that, that this whole series is created and designed to help us in our prayer lives. Because believe it or not, I get lots of questions about prayer. It's probably one of the things that Christians want to know the most about. And even those that would not identify themselves as Christians, they have questions about prayer. They want to know, am I doing it right? And one of the biggest questions that they ask when it comes to prayer is they want to say, well, how long do I need to pray? Like, I, I think that's a respectful question. I don't think that's a bad question. That's a, like, what, what is the right amount of time for me to spend talking to God? Because I don't want to dishonor him. I want to make sure that I do it right. Or they'll, they'll ask, like, when? When is, like, the best time for me to pray? And so it's questions like that that this series hopes to answer for you. Uh, and in our, our theme verse, those two questions are specifically answered. Paul said this in his letter to the Ephesians. He said, pray in the Spirit in every situation. So that means there's a whole bunch of situations that we, that we go through throughout the day. And in every situation, we can find an opportunity to pray. We can find the, the, the time to talk to God. Because prayer isn't just a moment. It's not just a moment that we go through. It's actually a, it's an ongoing conversation that we have with God throughout the day. It's kind of like if you started a text to somebody that you care about in the morning. They keep texting back, and all day long, while you're at work, while you're driving, shame on you, don't text and drive. But while you're driving, while you're eating, while you're on break, whatever you're doing, that, that conversation is going on all day long. This is what it should be like in your relationship with God. Prayer should be more like that. And I think if you thought of prayer as this ongoing, all-day conversation with God, you might like it a little better if you understood it that way. The verse continues and says, Use every kind of prayer and request there is. So there's not a specific amount of time and there's not a specific time that we talk to God. We can talk to God all day long, but then it says there's different kinds of prayers that we can offer up. Many of us are familiar with the prayer that says, help God, I'm in a predicament right now, I need you. We're we're familiar with those kind of prayers, but but there's also prayers like, God, I need wisdom. Like, God, I I need your counsel. I, I need peace. Like, there's different kinds of prayers and also different kind of models of prayers that we see through the scripture. And so this series is intended to, if you're brand new to prayer, to kind of answer some of your questions about that. If you've been praying for a while, to to maybe bring to your attention some different patterns or different ways of going about praying so that you can breathe some new life into your prayer life, because that's really, really important. So that's what we've been doing in this series, is looking at these patterns, these models of prayer that you can use 
Uh, and the first week, we talked about the prayer of Moses. Now, this is my favorite way to pray, and it follows a pattern uh, that, that God gave Moses for the tabernacle, which was the portable uh, church that they used as they wandered throughout the wilderness, right? And, and I really love it because for me, I'm a checklist kind of guy. Where are my checklist people at? You guys like checklists, right? I like to know that I'm doing it right, that I'm moving through things in a proper way. And, and the, the pattern of the tabernacle helps me understand, okay, I walk through the gates, there's the altar, there's the basin, and here's, it's these moments and these postures of prayer that I just really love. And so that's my favorite way to pray. And then we talked about the prayer of Jabez, which, by the way, uh, that's a prayer you can pray in 10 seconds where you pray, God bless me, expand my influence, God protect me, and Lord, let your presence be with me. See, I just prayed it. Isn't that, isn't that simple? I like simple stuff. And so you can pray that in 10 seconds or you can spend time praying that prayer. Uh, either of those prayers, if you missed them, I want you to know that they are both found in our prayer guide. Now, we have these prayer guides as a resource available to you. You can't buy them. They're, you can't pay for them. You've already done that in your tithes and your offerings and your giving here. They're available for you at the Connect Center. And so I encourage you to pick one up. I've heard from multiple people how this has made an impact in their daily prayer time. And I want to encourage you that, that those models and more and different things to help you in your prayer life are in this book. So grab one. Try it out. I promise you it'll impact your time with God. And so last week, the third message that we did in this series was the prayer of the New Testament church. And the prayer of the New Testament church was effective. And we all want to pray effective prayers, right? And we talked about what does it look like? What did they have? What were the ingredients in in an effective prayer. And we said that pain, persistence, passion, partnership, and the person of Jesus Christ, these were the five ingredients that we needed to have effective prayer time. So listen, all these messages are available for you on uh, iTunes. You can download our podcast and listen to them or watch them on Facebook, uh, a rebroadcast. I would encourage you to do that. If you missed all of them, they'll be a great blessing to you in your prayer time. So, uh, so jump on that as you can. Today, we're going to continue this series and talk about the prayer of the sheep. The prayer of the sheep. And what I'm kind of doing with this message is I want to bring back something that I talked about in the first week. When we talked about the tabernacle, we talked about getting to the altar of incense. And this was a place of worship. And I said, worship the names of God. And, and maybe that's, that was like a hang-up for you because you don't know the names of God and why that is important. So... I'll circle back around to that, but let me ask you first a question. Why should God, and here's the framework for our message, why should God answer our prayers? Why should God answer our prayers? I think if I were to ask you, I would get a range of different answers, and some of them would include, well, well, because I'm a good person. Well, because I went to church today. Well, because, uh, be because I asked him like five times, and then I stood on my head, and I danced in a circle, and I, I did... All the, I did all the right rituals. Or, or the, the reason that I should do it is, is because I did a good deed today and God owes me. Like, like our answers for why God answers prayer will vary. And I, and I think you all would be relieved in the actual response is that, that it has nothing to do with you. See, that's a, that's a good answer. Because if it had something to do with you, that means that the first time that you mess up, which, by the way, might be this morning, was probably already this morning, actually, on the way to church, anybody out there? Want to be? Yeah, okay. <laughs> a couple hands went up. Uh, seriously, we, we were just going to make mistakes. And, and it's, since it's not based on us, that's good news, right? Be, because if it has anything to do with us, we're going to mess up and we're going to lose God's favor. We might lose the answer to the prayer. 
That's why it doesn't have anything to do with us. It has nothing to do with us, and it has everything to do with who God is. In fact, when you, when you look into Scripture, the people that were praying to God, they, they, they would, of course, ask for what they needed. They were open and honest about what they needed. But more often than not, there was a moment, if not at the beginning, somewhere in their prayer, where they started talking to God about who he is. And instead of just saying what they needed, and they talked to God about who he is. Their prayer would be like, God, you are the everlasting father. You are my righteousness. They would start talking about who he is. And this is what that moment at that altar of incense is all about, is, is praying God's names to him, talking to him about it. Because you know what? There's power in a name. Do you know that? I have a reputation, each and every single one of you. When your name is brought up, there are certain things we think about when we think about you and your name. So for me, it's kind of like my bio line. Every time I, I open a new account on something, I, I always write this. I write Christ follower, husband, father, pastor, magician, prankster. That's it. <laughs> those are the things I write. It's like those, those, those are things attached to my name. Those are part of who I am because they're attached to the things that I've done. Your name's important. And, I, and I'm not sure what, what people would say about you when your name is brought up, but when God's name is brought up, it, it, it's, it's important that we know who he is. It, it's important because we, we talk about the power that is in the name of Jesus. But listen, y'all, that's God's son. That's delegated authority that God has given him. And there's power in the name of Jesus. That's the name that's been given to us. But you better believe there's some power in his daddy's name too. Oh, yeah, you all know what this is like when you're younger. Who, who here has siblings? Anybody ever tell your brother or sister, hey, you need to, it's time to eat, and they didn't come? Then you went back to dad, and you are like, dad, they're not coming. He said, you go tell them that I said, come on, get on on here. And you go running back, dad said, it's time to eat. And buddy, they'd move, right? Well, th this is the power that is invested in Jesus. Dad said. And so dad's got some names. And the names that are attached to God are important for you to know because the names that are attached to God are covenant names. They're names that the Jewish people gave him based on who he is, the things he promised to be for us. And so when you're worshiping God and you're praying his names and, and saying how much, how thankful you are for who he is, you need to know who he is. You, you need to know these eight covenant things that he promised to be for you. That's some power right there. And so today, I'm going to share those eight things with you. You're like, eight things? My God, Pastor, you usually only do three points. We got eight. I'll get through them. It'll be all right. You'll enjoy it. We'll go through. But these eight qualities, these eight characteristics of God are all found in one song that you all are familiar with, uh, and, and, and it's the, the 23rd Psalm. And so I'm going to throw it up here on the screen, and we're going to try this, all right? I think first service is going to have this down. I think second service is going to struggle a little bit. Second service is always my people that stayed up too late last night, so they're always a little more tired. Let's see how much coffee you guys have had. We're going to read the 23rd Psalm together, so go ahead and put that up there on the screen. All right, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, how many of y'all have heard that before? All right. It's well known. It's the 23rd Psalm. And as we read through that, if you've read through that before or heard that before, by the way, well done, everybody. You guys did a great job. Yeah. First service rules. <laughs> but as we read through that, there are eight qualities of God that you might have missed in there. And so I'm, I'm going to share them with you because these, are, these will be powerful tools for you to use in your prayer life. My, my only goal here today is to help you understand the, these covenant names of God. By the way, do you know that, that when God promises something, a covenant promise is a forever promise. And, and when God promises something, he's not like you and I where, where he can lie. Where, where we, we lie, he doesn't. He doesn't lie. So his covenant promises are forever. So when you, when you see these names, when you see who he is, he's that forever, no matter what. Just tuck that in your pocket somewhere and remember that. All right. So let's get into this. The first one says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now here's what David is saying. David wrote this psalm, and he's talking about God in a possessive kind of way. And I love that because he said he is my shepherd. It's some ownership. And, believe, and, and here's the thing. This is what I want for you. This is the kind of relationship that as your pastor, I long for you to have with God. Because it demonstrates an intimacy a closeness with God, where you don't just know about God, that you actually know him. And, and while it's my greatest desire, it's his greatest desire for you, is that you will know him. I want you to be able to say of God that you are my shepherd. That's what I want for you. Now, for those of you that are here today, you like your, your messages a little bit deeper. You, you like to know, like, all right, Aaron, take me to the next level. I don't always do this, but for those of you that are going to be taking notes as I break this down and share who God is, so he's, you're my shepherd, but there's a, a name that the, the Hebrews or the Jewish people would have given to God, and it's a name that is Jehovah, and then they attach a name to it. Names meant a lot of things to them, like Isaac meant uh, laughter, Jacob meant liar, like they gave them names. Jabez, we talked about a couple weeks ago, meant pain. Like, they, their names meant something. And so this is one of the names of God that they gave, and it is Jehovah Ra'ah. Jehovah Ra'ah. There it is up on the screen for you. If you like it a little deeper, there it is for you. But it means, you're my pastor. That's what this translates to mean. By the way, that's what shepherd means, too. I got a message from the director of one of our centers in Honduras the other day. And she was, she was writing, greetings, pastor. But when it translated, it said, greetings, shepherd, in English. Because that's what what pastor means. It means you're, you're my shepherd or vice versa. So, so you are my pastor. Now for me, I have a pastor. You know that? I'm not like the end of the line up here. Some of y'all have been in a church like that where the pastor that's right here, every, the buck stops here. Well, it doesn't stop here. I have overseers. I have a pastor and I have a whole bunch of people that make sure that I'm doing what I ought to be doing on a regular basis. I have a board to answer to, but my pastor, Conan Stevens at C3 Church in Pickerington down the road, 
He shepherds me. He leads me. He feeds me. He does what I do for you. He loves me and makes sure that I'm well and that my soul is well. And I would tell you that as much as I have a pastor, you need to have a pastor. You need to have a pastor, which means you need to have a church. You, you need to, to get involved in a church, join a church. I don't care if it's this one. <gasps> I like this one. <laughs> Thank you. I heard that. But she said it's a good one. I like this one, but I, if you don't like this one, find one. You, you need to join a church. You need to get involved because you need a pastor. You need somebody that will love you and lead you and care about your soul. And that's why we have step one of our growth track. Next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month, and that's when we do step one, the first Sunday of every month. Step one happens during our second service, so this next service in that conference room down the hall. And during step one, we're going to talk about what our church is all about, to help you decide if this is a church for you. If it's not, we'll help you find another one. We just want you to be in a church because you need a pastor. But beyond that, here's what you need to know, is that you have a heavenly shepherd, a heavenly pastor, who just as much as I want to lead you and feed you on your spiritual journey, he wants to do that himself in your life. And you need to know him in order for him to do that. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. You need to know God, and you need a church, and you need a pastor, somebody to lead you into a relationship with God. And so when you're praying this name of God, when you're talking to him, say, God, thank you. Thank you for being my pastor. Thank you for being my shepherd. Today, let me hear your voice, and let me follow after you. Because that's what sheep do, by the way. Sheep follow the shepherd, because they trust him. All right, here it is. Here's the next quality. It says, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Why, why won't we want? Well, because God is our provider. This is the next covenant name. He is our provider. The Hebrew name, of course, is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Now, if you grew up in church at all, where, where are my old school church people at? You would know this song, Jehovah Jireh. My provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it feels good not to be alone sometimes, right? Yeah. All right. So anyway, but that's what that song is about. It's about talking about God is our provider. He provides for us. He provides everything that we want. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Everything that we need. He, he provides everything our, that we need. But our tendency is not to trust in God as our provider. Our tendency is to trust in our job. Our tendency is to trust in our skills and our ability to work. Our tendency is to trust in things that are, uh, are of this earth and not of God. But we cannot trust riches. We must trust in the one who provides richly for us. Amen? Amen. So we can't trust our job, and we can't trust the fact that we work hard, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with having a job, and there's nothing wrong with working hard. I don't have a problem with that. We just can't trust in that. But the reason I think we pursue this is because we, we pursue stuff, we pursue riches, is because we're trying to find a way to hem ourselves in, to have financial security. You know, there's, there's no bigger joke than that little phrasing right there. 
because financial security is an illusion. Let me prove it to you. How much money do you need to have to insure yourself against every possible scenario in life? The answer is more than you have right now and more than you could ever have. You cannot keep yourself and hem yourself in and keep yourself secure from every eventuality that can ever happen. It just, it just won't happen that way. And yet, we pursue stuff. We pursue riches. And we got to be careful, man, because we put our trust and our hope in riches and in stuff. What happens is, is we have that stuff and then that stuff has us. Because I'm telling you, the more you have, the more stuff you get, the more you've got to maintenance it, clean it, care for it. My goodness. That stuff will have you. And then the thing that you really want to do most, like give or serve in any capacity, you're tied up in your stuff. We can't put our trust in that. If we put our trust in stuff, we'll do anything to get it. You might wind up like one woman who wound up, wound up in front of a judge because she walked into a supermarket and stole. She had, she, she had the ability to get it, and yet she stole. And she stole a can of peaches. This is what happens when we're pursuing stuff. And the judge looked at her and said, he, he was moody that day or whatever. I'm not even sure what the real situation was and what he was going through. But he looked at her and said, ma'am, you're going to go to jail one month for every peach that was in that jar. They crack it open. There's four peaches in the jar. Four months for stealing a can of peaches. Her husband, who was present that day, stood up next to her and said, your honor, may I say anything? He said, yes, sir, go ahead. He said, she also stole a can of peas. stuff. Listen, we can't, we can't pursue stuff. We can't pursue riches. We need to focus on him. Why? Paul said in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we come before God and we say, God, thank you that you meet all my needs. This is worshiping who he is, his covenant name. He's our provider. Continue on in Psalm 23. He said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now listen, I like that it says he makes me because you know what? If you don't slow yourself down, if you don't figure out a way to lie down, he will make you lie down. He'll make you. He says, he leads me beside the still waters. I love that that's there. This is a picture of God because you know why he says he leads me beside still waters? As a sheep, a sheep won't go where waters are troubled. They won't lay by them. They won't drink from them. And so he's speaking to in this place, you understand that I need a place of peace in order to flourish. And so he is our peace. God is our peace. The Hebrew name for this, of course, is Jehovah Shalom. You probably know the word Shalom, that it means peace, Jehovah Shalom. And here's the thing, God doesn't have peace for us. No, no, let's be clear. He is peace. In fact, Isaiah said that his son, Jesus, is the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. And there's a whole lot of us today, we need peace. We need peace for something we're facing on the job. Peace in our marriage. Peace, we got some relational division going on. We need some peace. We need some peace in our finances. Can I get a witness out there? 
And a lot of us, we're walking through a whole bunch of stuff that we're in, not because somebody else did it to us. We're walking through stress, walking through personal pain because of stuff that we brought on ourselves. And yet, I would say we, we need peace for that too. God is our peace. And, the, and here's the deal. The thing about peace is you can't buy it. You can't earn it. It's only found in God. Peace is only something that you can receive, and you can only receive it from the one who has it because he is it. Jesus said this, peace I leave with you. And I feel like there's this moment where he's like, now let me, let me say it better. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. So here's the contrast. It's not like everybody else's. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so when we pray, we say, God, you are my shepherd. You're my provider. And you're my peace. And I'm looking for you to quiet my soul. As we continue through Psalm 23, it says, he restores my soul. And I like this word restore. Because you could have used the word heal here. Because that, and essentially, that's what's going to happen in a restoration. You're going to heal something. But here's the difference. There are times when you get sick, like especially in biblical times, there was this skin disease called leprosy, where they would, they would get leprosy, and leprosy would eat away at your skin, and sometimes limbs would fall off. So you'd be saying hi to people like this, you know, you only have a certain amount of fingers. And the thing is with leprosy is there were times when people were healed. They would be healed of their leprosy. In other words, they'd still be missing some fingers, but the disease would be gone. And they would be allowed to enter back into society. Well, there are times in the Bible where it says that they were healed. And there's other times it says they were restored. And restored is good. This is who God is. He heals, but he doesn't just heal, he restores. Because to restore means to bring you back to the original origin. Factory default settings, all you tech people. <laughs> he restores you. Puts you back like nothing ever happened before. And I thought I'd get a louder amen out of that. That's some good stuff right there. Thanks, John. I appreciate you're here, buddy. Seriously, he restores our soul. And that's God's work in our lives. To restore us back everything that the devil stole from us. That's why he's our healer. In fact, the, the Hebrew name for it is Jehovah Rapha. And here's what you need to know. He's not just a healer of our bodies. The Bible says that, that he heals our disease. Well, disease, you say, Aaron, that's in your body. That's the disease. No, it's, it's, the word is dis-ease. It's everywhere in your life that you are dis-ease, where, where that ease has been removed from you, that place where you're finding stress, that place where there is brokenness, that place where there is turmoil. That could be in your heart. Man, some of us have, have, have thoughts that we struggle with, that... that Jesus paid the price for this too. That he's a healer, he's a restorer of not only your heart, but your mind, your soul. He wants to restore you. That's, that's what he wants to do in your life. It's what I want to see happen too. That's why this next season that we're walking into is so important for you. It's our season of groups. We launch our grow groups today, everybody. Those people that are shouting are the people that are excited because they know the power of groups. It's this small community that you get to be a part of. 
that when you get in into these groups, you get to be known by someone. And why is that important? Because God's plan to heal you has to do with people. Say, what? Let me show, I can show it to you in scripture. James 5, 16 says to confess your faults Mm -hmm, to God. I got you, pastor. I know where this is going. No, 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 no. You want forgiveness, you confess your sins to God. But watch where this verse goes. It says, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another so that you can be, anybody who knows it? Healed. Yeah, restored. You're right. So if you're looking for healing in any area of your life, that means you need to be in relationship with someone else that will pray for you, that you can say, man, I'm messed up. I got an issue in this area of my life. That's why groups are brilliant. Like, I, I, there are all kinds of groups. There are all kinds of groups. And today, you can sign up for them online, on the app. You can go out. There's going to be a tent in the parking lot. You can stop by and talk to our group leaders. They can get you signed up. Man, do that. That's powerful. You'll love that. But here's the point. All the things that they gather around, the activities or the, the studies, the men's, the women's, the student studies, whatever that may be, the point of them is to get you together so you can know one another, so that you can do what we call, like, take off the mask, because most of us wear a mask around we're not really honest with who we are. We'd rather live on Facebook where everybody's looking at our highlight reel than show people who we really are and what we're struggling with. But it is better to take off the mask, show people what we're struggling with. Say, man, I, I'm struggling in this area. And they'll grab hands with you and pray for you. And God's plan is that you will be healed and restored through that prayer. That's his plan for you. So you need to be in a group. Get in a group. Get honest and open with somebody about what you're experiencing and what you're going through. And here's the thing. If you're willing to be vulnerable, do you know what vulnerability leads to? More vulnerability. If you'll be honest and open about something, what you're going to find is they're going to take off their mask and go, me too. I've, I've been through that. I know what you're going through. Let me pray for you. You need to be in a group. Get in a group, get in a group, sign up today. Groups start uh, next week, is that right? Groups start next week or in two weeks? We got two weeks to sign up. Stop by the tent, they'll tell you. I'm clearly confused, but I know you can sign up today. <laughs> because God wants to restore your soul, you need to be in a group. Check it out. It says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. That's that word, restored. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you've turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. God wants to heal your sickness, your relationships, your soul, and so much more. So we say, God, I worship you, my healer. Let's keep trucking along here. We're on number five. It says this in Psalms 23.3. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I like that because that means that righteousness has a path. That there is a right way and a wrong way to go about your life. And all of us from time to time are going to get it wrong. We're going to make wrong choices and walk down the wrong path. But God is not only a shepherd, a provider, uh, a, uh, he's not only our peace and our healer, but he is our righteousness. And we can say, you are my righteousness. In other words, that what he's done makes up for what we've done. <laughs> for all of our mistakes... He's already paid the price for all of that, and we get to stand in right standing with him because of what Jesus did. 
That's a good place to say amen right there and just get excited. I'm just telling you. Because here's the thing. What Jesus did for you is he paid for all of your sins. Not just all of them in the past, all of them in the present, and all of them in the future. It means it doesn't matter what you've done. He's already paid for it. He paid for it with his life. He shed his blood, died on that cross, rose from the dead. This is Jesus. Lived a perfect and sinless life unlike us. He's the only one who could pay that price, and he chose to do it for us. But not only does he forgive us, but he has an order for us to live our lives. That's why the, the, the Hebrews assign this word Jehovah Sidkenu. The T is silent in that. Jehovah Sidkenu is his name. Now here's the thing. I think a lot of us have this baggage that is attached to this word righteousness or right living. And there, it's one word. And it's the word boring. We think right living is boring. Well... I'm going to tell you, it is a B word, but it's not boring. It's better. That's the word. It is better. Your life will be so much better when you follow God's plan for your life. When you walk his path for your life, it will be better. Peter said this, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, you didn't know any better. He said, but now that you do know better, but just as he, he just as... He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. So let God walk you through this, this process of holiness, of righteousness, of cleaning you up. His path is better. So you can say, God, you are my righteousness. Thanks that it has nothing to do with me. You are my righteousness. Let's keep going through the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Man, I like that. It's not that he was with you or that he will be with you. He's with you. That's that present tense. He says, your rod and your staff, they come for me. Why? Because you're my constant companion. This is the characteristic of God. He's your constant companion. When you're at work, he's with you. When, when, when in your marriage, when you go get to a marriage counselor, he's with you. At home, he's with you. When you go to bed at night and when you wake up in the morning, he's with you. When you go to the bathroom, he's with you. He's there. The Hebrew name for this is Jehovah Shema. Jehovah Shema. He's always by our side. In other words, there's no place you can go that God isn't there. David, in describing what we call the omnipresence of God, meaning that he's everywhere, David said, in him we live and move and have our being. Like if we were just to float in the air and swim through it, we're swimming through God. That, he's here. I'm moving through him right now. He's everywhere. That's important. Presence matters. Because no matter what we face, we never face it alone. See, the enemy wants you to believe that you're on your own. Whatever it is you're going through, that you're the only person feeling this way, you're the only person that's had this happen to you, that there's something super special about you that no one on the face of this earth has ever encountered what you're encountering right now. He wants you to feel that way because that isolation is crushing. It destroys your hope. But come on, somebody, can I get a witness? When you're facing something difficult, anybody here ever faced a bully but had somebody bigger standing behind you? Right? Presence matters. It's important that, that we understand that God is with you. In fact, God has said, Hebrews 13, 5 says, God said, I'll never leave you. That means no matter what you do, it, it doesn't matter what you did last night. 
or last summer. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be afraid. Why? What can mere mortals do to me? I've got the everlasting one on my side. Come on, somebody. That's good stuff right there. God will be with you no matter what. When the enemy lies to you and tells you you are alone, you're not. God is with you. Are you all getting something out of this? I just want to enrich your prayer life a little bit, help you understand how you can talk to God and understand he promises to be these things forever for you. Two more, and we'll give them to you real quick. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Look, God's got this so hardcore that he's like, go ahead and sit down, Junior. I got this. Go ahead on about your business. Go ahead and eat. Chill out. God is our defender. He's, you are my defender is what we see him in this verse. And the word for this, the Hebrew word for this is Jehovah Nisi. And I like this one because Jehovah Nisi, Nisi means banner of victory. That means that while we're sitting, chilling at the table, eating the meal that he's done prepared for us, he's out there carrying a banner that says, hey, the battle's already won. I like that. I like that I get to relax and that somebody is defending me. In America, we understand this, right? On a regular basis, we gather here today. We, we're going to have lunch this afternoon, and we get to chill because our freedoms are being protected by men and women who have laid down their lives carrying a banner that said, we're going to win this thing. We're going to protect our freedoms. In fact, can we just honor our servicemen and women right here and right now? They're defending us while we enjoy our freedoms. And, and to those of you watching today and those of you here in this room that, that have, have given your life for that, thank you. Thank you for protecting us. That Second Thessalonians says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. This is God's role. He defends us. He's our defender. So we can say, God, thank you for defending me and keeping me safe. And the last one, this is the last quality of God. He said, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now, this word anointing is, is always, always something that, that has been interesting to me. Because I always think of somebody like pouring some oil on somebody's head or something, you know. And, and maybe that's what it means. But, but the anointing is representative of a supernatural ability or gift that God is giving us. It's the anointing. Jesus said, I'm anointed to bring sight to the blind, to... And, and, and he went through a whole list of things that God had called him to do. He had gifted him to be able to do certain things. And David describes this anointing as his cup running over. In other words, that God has gifted him with it, but he's given him so much that his cup runs over. In other words, David is saying, like, God, you've given me gifts inside, and you've given me so much of this that it's easy for me to do. God's anointed me to do this. To sit here on this stage and to, to, to take his word and, and to make it simple for us to understand. To make it so, to, 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 to preach his, his word, to lead this church. God has, has gifted me to be able to do this. Amen. It's my gift. But here's the deal. You have a gift as well. You have a gift that God has placed inside of you. And he's given you so much of that gift that it's easy for you to do. In fact, it's, it, that gift is identifiable, uh, identifiable in your life because it's that thing that when you do, it's easy for you to do. And when you do it, it makes a difference in someone else's life. See, whether you ever actually engage 
in the gift and the calling that God has on your life or not, doesn't matter. He's given it to you already. All of you have a purpose. All of you, God has a plan for you. That's why he's our sanctifier. He's our sanctifier. We say, God, you are my sanctifier. He's put a gift inside of you. The, the Hebrew word for this is Jehovah Makedesh. This is probably the hardest one to say. Jehovah Makedesh. God has called you to something. Check it out, what Peter said in 1 Peter 2. He said, but you, that, that, that means you, by the way. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. That means you're all ministers. A holy nation. Holy means set apart, pure, right. You're a holy nation. God's special possession. I like that. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God has anointed each of you, given each of you a ministry, something to do that's easy for you to do because your cup runs over and that when you do it, it makes a difference in someone else's life. I've committed my life to helping you see this. It's why I would talk about it all the time. It's why we have our growth track because step two of growth track is actually a process where we help you understand how God has wired you and, and gifted you to make a difference in somebody else's life. And then steps three and four are us preparing you and equipping you to join the team, be a part of that, doing what we're doing here at this church so that you can make a difference. We give you an avenue and an opportunity to use the gifts God has placed inside of you to make a difference in someone else's life. My prayer for you, of course, is, is this, and it's from Hebrews 13. It's that may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. May he equip you with every good, or everything good for doing his will. In other words, that, that he gives you all that you need so that you can make a difference. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is it, guys. These are the eight names of God. And there are these covenant names. There's these covenant promises that he's promised to be these things for you forever. And that as you enter into your time of, pray, of, of prayer, you can talk to God now because you now have these names. You're my provider. You're my shepherd. You shepherd my life well. This is called worship. When we begin to praise the names of God. And so... When we, when we look at the framework of our prayer and how and why God answers prayer, I'm just going to button all this up. That, that God doesn't answer prayers based on us or what we've done. No, God answers prayers based on who he is, not on who we are. That's why it's important that you know who he is. So you can know what to expect from him forevermore. Let's pray. Father, today we thank you for being our shepherd. Lord, lead us on a path in our journey, Lord, so that we, we come to a place where we say you are my shepherd, where we take ownership of each of these because we know you to be a God who cannot lie, that you are eternal, that what you promise now you mean forever. Be our shepherd. Be our peace. Lord, we need peace in every area of our lives. We need peace of mind. We need peace in our hearts. We thank you that you are our peace, that you're our provider, that you provide everything that we need. You're so good to us. 
We worship you because you're our healer. You restore us. Every part of us, that's your plan. Lord, walk us on a pathway of restoration. Let everything the devil stole from us be restored. We thank you that that's your plan. Thank you for always being with us, God. Thank you for uh, for giving us your righteousness through Christ. Thank you, God, for being our sanctifier, for giving us gifts inside of us, Lord, that, that, that becomes the hope of our calling. Lord, thank you for that, that we have an opportunity, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, to, to operate in those gifts and make a difference in someone else's life. Lord, and thank you so much for being our defender. Lord, there's so much peace in knowing that you are fighting our battles. And that all we need to do is trust you. To sit back and relax and have a meal. But know that you've got this. That, that our lives are out of our control anyway. If we could have controlled it, we would have done it already. But so we just trust our lives in totality to you. And we thank you today, Lord, that you answer prayer based on who you are, not on who we are. We love you and we praise you today. Now, in this peaceful, still moment, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I know there are, pra- there are people in this room today that your prayer needs to be, God, I need, I need your righteousness. I, I've made a mess of my life. I, I haven't been living God's best for my life. And God, I know that, that you have better for me. And today, what, what you need the most is just to trust him. Trusting God looks like a life of surrender where we just surrender control to him. We surrender our lives to him because he loves you. He's not mad at you. He cares for you. And he wants you to know that he has better for you. He wants to see you healed and restored. But all of that begins on your spiritual journey coming to know him. Jesus told us, the only way to the Father is through him. And so we ask Jesus to be Lord of our lives, to show us how to do it. And he does in his word. And so today, if you're ready to begin that journey, if faith is rising up on the inside of you, and you're ready, Jesus, I need you to be Lord of my life. I need you to show me how to do this thing. I'm ready to live as God desires for me to do. If that's you today, today's a new start for you. Today's an opportunity where, for you to have everything change in your life. You say, am I, after this prayer, Aaron, am I going to go out and live perfect? No. But you're going to have progress towards who Jesus is. You're going to have progress towards God's best for your life. And you will find that it is better. So I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. And if you're in this room under the sound of my voice or watching live or listening to the podcast... If this is something you need to take hold of for your life, say, Jesus, I need you to be Lord. I need to follow after you. You can repeat these words after me, mean them in your heart, but I, I'd love to know if you're here today and going to do that. Would you just slip your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me. I want to make that commitment. Would you do that now? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else that would say, today's my day. Today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Jesus Lord of my life. Awesome. Everybody, let's pray together out loud. Nobody prays alone on this. There's no reason for that. We're a family here, and as a family, we're going to do things together. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Be Lord of my life. 
Show me how to live for you. Now, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. Make me brand new. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, the Bible says that if you've prayed this prayer, that all of heaven is having a party. Church, can we celebrate with those that said yes to Jesus today? Hey, listen, if that's you today and you made that commitment, there's one other thing I would love for you to do, and that's to pull out this connection card. On the back of this card, it says, man, I made a commitment to Jesus. I'd love for you to mark that. But then understand that if Jesus is Lord of your life, that he's in charge, the first thing he, he says, hey, let's do is get baptized. Baptism is this, is this expression of what God is doing in your heart. So if you'd mark, hey, I, I said yes to Jesus, and I'd love information about getting baptized, we'll call you. We'll talk to you about what baptism looks like. Maybe if you're not familiar with it, we'll tell you our next opportunity for it and help you take your steps towards doing that. Amen, everybody? So, so, so take your first step in obedience and say, in saying yes to Jesus and, and get baptized. It'll be a, an incredible moment for you and your friends and family to share as you publicly say, I'm going to follow after Jesus. All right, a couple things I want to share with you uh, before, I, before we get out of here. Uh, today, if you've come prepared to give of tithes and offerings, thank you so much for that. There are multiple ways you can do that. If you're a guest with us today, you're under no obligation to give. We're just really glad that you're here. But if you have come and God's laid on your heart to give something or do something, uh, you can give through our app, online, or even the text to give options that are here on the screen. We also have offering envelopes in the back of the seat for you uh, so that you can put in, in whatever God's laid on your heart and you give in a box at the back door. There's a big box that says give on the side of it. Just drop it in there on your way out the door today. A couple things I need to remind you about as we uh, dismiss is that tonight there's live prayer here. So we'll be here at 6 o'clock. The band will be joining us. For an hour of guided prayer. If you've never prayed before, come and join us. If you're a pro at praying, come and join us. It's a good time and it's an hour that will fly by. Also remember, groups launch today. Get out there and get in a group. Sign up for a group. Amen, everybody. <coughs> Let me pray over you. Lord, thank you so much for all that you are, for the promises you've made to us, that you will be who you are no matter who we have, have become or what we have done. We love you and we praise you for that today. Now, Lord, we ask you to bless this offering as we receive it. Lord, stretch every dollar. Help us reach more people that are far from you with it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said?